Welcome to another episode of the 39A podcast. This is Neetika Vishwanath from Project 39A and we are a criminal justice program based out of the National Law University in Delhi. For this episode, we are in conversation with Professor Probol Chaudhary about the case of Dhananjay Chatterjee. Dhananjay was executed 16 years ago after being in imprisonment for 14 years on 14th August 2004. This was at the Alipur Central Correctional Home in Kolkata. Dhananjay was executed for the rape and murder of an 18-year-old Hital Parikh on 5th March 1990. Mr. Chaudhary is a statistician and a professor of theoretical statistics and mathematics at the Indian Statistical Institute in Kolkata. Professor Chaudhary, along with Professor Devashish Sen Gupta, pre-investigated Dhananjay's case after the execution between 2005 and 2012. They found significant concerns with the evidence that was used to convict Dhananjay. Thank you, Probol, for joining us for the 39A podcast. You're most welcome. So, Probol, uh, I want to start the conversation with trying to understand your own first memory of this case and what got you and Debushit invested in this case and led to the decision of conducting these investigations. As far as my memory goes, we first came to know about the case when the hanging took place in 2004. When the murder took place, we were not in the country, so we didn't know about it at that time. And we were at that time PhD students completing our studies abroad and we returned at the end of 1990. By then there was nothing in the media, but uh, this case came back in a very big way in the media in 2004. And that's the time when we became interested in that. In fact, I mean, that was a time I remember whether I take a bus or a train, everybody is talking about this case and the people in the city were sharply divided on whether uh, there should be hanging or there should not be hanging. That's my first memory that you know about this case. And then uh, coming back to your other question. Well, I think uh, because we were hearing so much about it in the media as well as in the public conversation, we decided to take a look at the court verdicts. It was not easy for us to get any other court verdict except the Supreme Court verdict because that was easily available online at that time. So we went to the Supreme Court verdict and it immediately caught our attention because uh, Dhananjay was uh, convicted and sentenced purely based on circumstantial evidence. Okay, And when it's a case based on circumstantial evidence, time becomes a very important factor. Okay, I mean, anybody knows that. Okay, So we started to follow the timeline and we saw a lot of contradictions there. First of all, uh, if you read the first few sentences in the Supreme Court verdict, you'll see that uh, the time allowed to Dhananjay for committing the crime was according to Supreme Court verdict, it's only 15 minutes. But then you read through the uh, sentences and then you find that maybe he had altogether at most half an hour because at 5.20 p.m. the mother left the apartment and she came back at 5.50. So at most half an hour in between this entire crime was committed and he was convicted of a rape and a murder that involved 21 heinous injuries. The girl was uh, 
strangulated and her howard bone was broken okay I, we talked to the doctor it's not very easy to break the howard bone unless you strangulate somebody for a prolonged period because that's a part of your voice box and that doesn't break very easily unless somebody is severely strangulated for a prolonged period then there were other contradiction that we started finding as we found more and more documents from from the court judgment and the testimonies we became more and more curious because it's like I mean, we used to think that criminal investigation like a, is like a scientific study. It's like you should start from a zero hypothesis and then you should build the case based on the evidence that you gather. On the other hand, we increasingly felt as we went through the documents is that as if uh, the prosecution had a preconceived theory in their mind and they are framing arguments, they were manufacturing evidence to fit into and their case okay and that's uh, completely puzzled me that somebody was hanged based on such manufactured and framed uh, uh, evidence and then we went and visited the native village of dhananjay talked to his family members and then we talked to several other people and we were increasingly getting convinced that there is something absolutely wrong in the entire uh, judgment here and there must be a serious miscarriage of justice and that's what led us to this uh, investigation right, right. robul i want to sort of go back again to that very moment where you realized that you know yes it made you curious and there was so much in the public discourse about the case and so much conversation on whether he should be hanged or not but what was that moment like when you decided that yes we are interested and so much so that now we are actually going to go back to his hometown talk to his family talk to the investigating officers what led you to sort of take that extra step because a lot of us may get curious about these things may get interested and read about that but that extra step of actually doing this investigation what was that like if you could revisit that for us i think it's difficult to explain you know i think i mean this case is a very interesting case you know and if you are a scientist in my opinion who sort of uh, tries to discover the truth this is a very challenging and really intriguing case it was not proving dhananjay innocent that got at least myself into the case it was finding the truth so it's like i mean i remember that uh, there were certain puzzles that we could not solve for example there was an incident like the mother returned but the mother uh, knocked on the door but uh, she asked people to break the door within 5 minutes why i mean it's like i mean i will come back to my apartment suppose uh, my daughter or my sister is sleeping there and uh, i knock on the door and i don't hear anything there are lots of possibilities maybe the person has gone out maybe the person is in the toilet i mean it was the main entrance of the apartment not the uh, door of the uh, room of that particular person okay and then uh, am i going to ask somebody to break the door within 5 to 10 minutes or i am going to try probably several things for an hour or two before i order somebody to break the house okay so why such things i mean what are the reasons behind such strange behavior okay so it's like once you become curious it makes you more curious you know and i mean it's like you can't sleep at some point of time I mean, these are probably our personal attitude you know it's like uh, sometimes you find such interesting uh, uh, 
mysteries and you sort of break your head on solving it. It's like that essentially, okay? We were not activists or we were not uh, trying to prove somebody innocent or we were not trying to prove that how bad death penalty might be. It was more finding the truth, you know? I mean, until I find the truth, I can't sleep. It's like that. And Aprabhu, what all did this investigation entail and how long did it take and what were the challenges that you faced? Yeah, see, the biggest challenge was, see, the, this was not part of our main profession, you know. So we had our teaching responsibilities, we had our research commitments, we had our students and then we had to find time for this. And then everybody has their family complications like my mother passed away sometime in between and she was really sick. Um, Devashish's father was also very sick for a prolonged period and he passed away. So there were occasions when we were completely out of touch with this case and there was uh, no follow-up or anything. That was one big challenge to find time for this. At that time, if we were able to start the investigation right after the murder, things would have been different. If somebody would have allowed us to go to the spot investigate the spot and talk to the people that would have been one thing but starting it after 14 years just reading the document and then talking to people finding the people first and then talking to people uh, it was a big challenge just for the audience probable could you clarify which year you started reinvestigating the case it was almost uh, shortly after the hanging the hanging took place in august 2004 and uh, I think we visited uh, their uh, family probably within a month or two. Uh, I, as well as my friends, visited their family. And I would take that as the beginning of the reinvestigation. We didn't have any documents or papers immediately with us except the court verdict. But uh, we started talking to people. And uh, fortunately, I knew some people in Lal Bajar. So some of the officers were retired uh, by then, those who were involved with the case. And we reached them and we talked to them and that's how we started. To come to the final conclusion and the final reconstruction of what we think actually happened on that day when Hetal was murdered, that probably took altogether maybe about uh, 10 to 11 years. But you have to keep in mind that we were not working continuously. There are gaps of a couple of years sometime that we didn't do anything. One good thing that kept us driving is that uh, we became very close to family of Dhananjaya. So Dhananjaya's brother kept in touch with us, Dhananjaya's sister kept in touch with us, and we also occasionally called them and talked to them. So this family connection, so we also became part of their family in some ways. So they accepted us very well. In fact, they have a very uh, sharp views about people from Calcutta after this incident. Okay, and which is natural, you know, these people living in remote villages, uh, the way the person was hanged uh, and uh, the way these things went, it's like there were uh, several times the hanging was rescheduled and the family was uh, uh, on some kind of a dharna in Calcutta for some time. So the family went through a real nightmare. Okay, so after that, uh, it was difficult for us to be acceptable to the family for a while, but we succeeded. And I think after we became part of that family, that kept us uh, sort of active in the case. I mean, that was a very positive thing that helped us. So, Prabhupada, for how many years did the investigation go on? 
and what were the challenges you faced in uh, since you looked at a lot of the case records what were the challenges in accessing the case records and also were there any challenges in talking to the uh, police personnel who were yeah. involved in this case uh, uh, some of the court documents were easily available but some of the court documents were not so easily available so we had to pursue through the lawyers and the clerks in the court to get the original paper book and uh, see one unfortunate thing is that the lawyer who represented uh, dhananjay at the trial court he passed away so if he were alive and we could talk to him probably many of the documents are easy to would have been much easier for me to get unfortunately that was not possible and also Dhananjay's family did not have any of the documents. Getting the original lower court document was the biggest challenge. And also, we could never get access to the uh, uh, other uh, materials um, and the material evidence, like those things those were seized during various uh, police operations. That we could never get. But we could get all the original testimonies given by the witnesses to the police as well as at the court and also we could get uh, various pictures that the police had taken and also some of the sketches that the police had prepared probably just getting the documents took us about two to three years okay some people were very cooperating for example uh, the forensic expert was extremely cooperating with us in fact he helped us a lot but on the other hand there were some police officers with whom we talked they gave us time and talked to us at a stretch, but uh, they were very hostile uh, in the sense that they thought that we are just wasting their time. They thought that they had solved the case perfectly. They, they had no doubt in their mind that Dhananjay had committed this crime within half an hour. All these um, injuries, rape and uh, theft. So I think, uh, that's the, I mean, we had a very mixed reaction from people. And there's also a Bengali film that has been made on the case, which is called Dhananjay by Arindam Sil. I wanted to know how did this film come to be made and were you surprised that a film was made on the case? Arindam Sil is a very uh, celebrated uh, film director. And so we didn't expect that somebody like him will take interest in making a film in that. So we were surprised in that sense. When he decided to make this film, he called us and we had a long meeting in his place. By that time, one uh, booklet that we published uh, that came out, it was published by the publisher Guru Chandali and uh, that Bengali book had come out. So they had a copy of that book and they were asking questions about various things. So it was clear to us that they have read the book very carefully and uh, questions were very relevant ones. But that was it. And then when uh, the film was made during that period, uh, we were never consulted. See, it was a feature film and they had a disclaimer that all characters are fictitious. In fact, they changed the name of all the characters except Dhananja. And that itself created a huge amount of controversy in the media before the film was released. But uh, other than that, uh, the film is largely based on the reconstruction of the incident that we have in our book. And they have acknowledged us as well as acknowledged the book in the film. Okay, so. So that uh, book is uh, sort of shown at the beginning of the film. And Prabhul, do you think there's been any change in the public perception about the case? And what is your assessment of the public response to your findings about this case? 
there has been definitely some changes in public perception because we have received communications from people that through various channels saying that this is something that was unbelievable to them they never thought like that they always thought that dhananjay was guilty but now they think that uh, uh, that is not the case and they are shocked see in our country a large number of people have a very uh, high respect for judiciaries so when a case goes through lower court high court and the supreme court and then several mercy petitions are rejected by the supreme court as well as by the president people sort of assume that maybe the guy has possibly committed the crime but maybe he does not deserve death penalty okay and he has uh, suffered through several years of imprisonment and due in course of his imprisonment everybody has said that his behavior was perfect in fact we talked to in charge of the uh, alipur jail uh, who had very close connection with dhananjay who had lot of interaction with dhananjay and also the uh, doctor in the jail they all had a very good opinion about him so he comes from a very religious family and he was himself a very religious person and all along uh, whoever has talked to him said that he had a strong belief that eventually he will never be hanged because he used to believe that he has not committed the crime so god will save him eventually and this fact that his uh, hanging was getting rescheduled again and again that never surprised him he thought that it is god who is saving him again and again in fact he used to be, be, believe strong in this uh, reading of the palms and the lines in the palm and he said that death uh, before certain age is not in his palm so he is not going to die so or something like that okay so he was that confident public perception i would have expected it to change more i think there has been change in social media perception i would say okay well, we get uh, still uh, emails or uh, other messages from uh, people saying that don't you think this argument that you are giving is not right and then we have some discussion with the person and uh, there are arguments like that okay and then they say that this is a, some people say that uh, oh this is a great work and uh, yeah we are happy that uh, we are f- uh, finally finding the truth so there is some change in the public perception but there are still lot of people who think that what we have done is not right uh, what the police said must be correct and what we are saying based on our reconstruction of the story there must be a fallacy in it that there must be something wrong in it since there is a belief okay they never point out anything very convincing to us that has never happened and trouble if i were to ask you what were those one or two pieces of evidence that made you and debushish believe in dhananjay's innocence uh, first of all uh, see i mean it was clear that if dhananjay was there in the absence of the mother only for at the most half an hour according to all police documents then certainly he cannot commit so many injuries and a rape and a theft of a wrist watch within that short period of time there was also according to police report a balcony conversation with dhananjay during that period with other security guards who were on duty at that time dhananjay was off duty at that time okay apparently when he was called uh, from the entrance of the building 
Dhananjay came to the balcony and leaning from the balcony responded to the call. And that's an absolute lie because uh, in that building, right from the very construction of the building, all the balconies are covered by iron grills and nobody can lean through there. There was another very uh, strong evidence uh, in favor of uh, what we are saying. The lift man repeatedly said that Dhananjay was seen walking down the stairs and he was wearing light colored cloth and there was no soiling of the cloth or anything and there was no blood stain or anything anywhere. And even the forensic expert to whom we talked to, he mentioned that and that is there in his recorded testimony in the court that there was absolutely no blood stain in any of the clothes of the suspected uh, person that was uh, uh, seized by the police. So these two things uh, convince us that he was not linked to the murder in any way. These were right. the main things. And Prabhul, uh, just I think last question that I have is what message would you leave people with, people who read about this case? Uh, what message would you uh, want to leave with them? Well, I guess uh, I have message for both people as well as the police authorities and the administration. Okay, See, sometimes uh, certain murders become very high profile murder because of the media coverage and police becomes under tremendous pressure to quote unquote deliver justice. Okay, So they need to find the person and they need to punish the person. Okay, And that's often I have now understood after going through Dhananjaya case and then I have gone through many other cases. I will not mention specifics now. I have now understood that Often police is under pressure to find a criminal, quote unquote, a criminal and convict the criminal and punish the criminal because of the media pressure. Okay. And they do not have enough opportunity or time to do the investigation because what happened in case of Dhananjay is that by the time police came, the murders spot was completely ruined okay there because people had come to the flat and walked through the place and it was completely ruined the same thing happened with arushi talwar's case you know that the actual spot of murder was not immediately sealed and so it then it becomes very difficult for the police authorities to collect the evidence properly when it comes to investigation of such crimes like murder or rape and such things Police authorities need to have a, some more open mind, which is probably too, too much to expect. And regarding common people, my uh, main message is that don't have blind faith in judiciary or police. Everybody is a human being. Judges are also human being. Police authorities are also human being. They do commit mistakes. And Dhananjay case, in my opinion, is a glaring example of that. Thank you, Prabhul, for this interesting conversation and for sharing your personal journey on this case with us. Thank you, Nitika, for the interview. Thank you. Thank you. For everyone who's listening, we may choose to agree or disagree with Prabhul's opinion on this case. But I believe it is certainly worth examining the case materials and the findings from his investigations, which are available on the website india-hang-innocent.org
the film Bhananjay is streaming on Amazon in Bengali with English subtitles. This is Neetika from Project 39A with podcast producer and my colleague Akhil Vasudeva.